Hello, welcome to Bayhem, the Michael Bay Talk from Society retrospective podcast. As always, I am your co-host, Marcelo Pico, editor-in-chief of Talk from Society. With me, as always, are my two other co-hosts, Mike Schindler. Hey, Mike. Hey, how's it going? Hey, it's going great. I'm excited about this one. I know who else is excited for this one. The other co-host, Diego Crespo. Hey, hello, Diego. Hello, hello. I this is I'm always happy to be here, but this is it. This is this is, this is why I'm here. <laughs> yes, I mean, I, not to jump ahead, but we're jumping ahead. I just want to say we're talking about Bad Boys Two in this episode. Yeah. Why don't we just dive into it? Okay, Bad Boys Two released July eighteenth, two thousand three. Uh, budget of one hundred thirty million dollars. Domestically, it made. $138 million. Worldwide, it made $273 million. Okay. A Michael Bay film. A sequel to the original uh, from, I forget the year. I'm doing a, ba- I'm doing a Michael Bay podcast. 95. Thank you, Mike. That's why you're here. <laughs> <laughs> the original from 1995. So an eight-year gap. Um, and what's the gap between the second one and the third one? Um, 17 years. 17 years. 16, I think. Oh, no. 16. You're right. I apologize. 17. 17 oh, years. God. Dear Lord. That's too long. Uh, yeah. And Michael Bay is not returning for Bad Boys 3, which no. is insane. I don't know what the story is around that. Um, I guess he chose to direct Six Underground instead, right, for Netflix? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm yeah. not sure. Sh- that, that that's complicated because there have been a couple people on and off of that one. I don't know if we want to get into the details of that for this episode. I don't know. Maybe up to you guys. Maybe um, at the end of the discussion, we'll we'll talk about the the third one more because okay. I I would like to hear some of that backstory. But okay. For now, I mean we're in the we're in two thousand three right now. Two thousand three. Um. Yeah. Uh, Pearl Harbor happened. <laughs> Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be honest. Like this is so far up to this point. This is my favorite Michael Bay movie. Uh, I, I rented, I think the DVD from my local video store, Hastings, rest in peace. And was just kind of blown away by it. Uh, I didn't want to hear anything negative about it <laughs> when I saw it in high school. <laughs> and then it wasn't until Hot Fuzz came out that people came around to it. And they said, hey. And I was like, I'm, I was right. You know, Edgar Wright acknowledges it's a hell, of a hell of an action film. So why not you, other people? So, yeah, I cherish this movie. I do. I do. So my love stems from watching it on, on DVD in high school. Um, what about you, Mike? Uh, what about your first experiences with Bad Boys 2? Uh, this is another one which uh, we did not get at our local movie theater that I worked at. So um, a couple of us, me in particular, me and my co-host and at the time co-worker Max, uh, we went to our sister theater, the York in Elmhurst, and watched their um, their screening of it, you know, when you check to make sure that everything's okay with the print, we, we went to see it. And the thing that I remember most about it was that on the way home, so, you know, because this movie is like two and a half hours long, so we're talking like three <laughs> three o'clock in the morning, something like that, 3.30 in the morning on an empty street, Max was driving and he made a, a left-hand turn onto this completely empty street and was immediately pulled over by a cop 
because <laughs> you weren't allowed to make a left-hand turn, and he got a, a, a ticket after seeing Bad Boys 2. And not because he was driving crazy because of the, uh, because of watching this movie, but because he made a, an illegal left-hand turn. That's what I remember most about the first time I saw this movie. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> But I've seen it a lot of times since then. So, you know, I remember I saw it in Disney World. And Wait, you saw it at Disney World? They're wow. At Disney World? Well, yeah, they, were play, they got the theater down there. Um, and yeah, they were showing it. And I was in Disney World and I'm like, let's go see Bad Boys 2. <laughs> I mean, if I were in Disney World... And I was by, I was that, and the theater is in Disney World. It's in, it's in their, well, what they call now Disney Springs. They keep on changing the name, but it's basically their shopping district. And it's this big movie theater and it's great. They've got the best Dolby theater I've ever seen in my life. Like three, there's two balconies. It's, it's insane. The screen is giant. I saw the predator there. It's, Oh my god! Oh, anyway, wow, it's 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 amazing. I've I've watched a lot of movies there. I watched Black Hat there, and I love you till dawn. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's 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 a thing to do when you're in Disney World. You go see. Apparently, it's a very popular thing to do because it's one of the, the busiest movie theaters in the country. Anyway, I saw Bad Boys Two there, so. I mean, no shit. If I were in Disney World, okay, screw all the rides. I'll go to that theater. All right. <laughs> I know a, myself. It's a pretty great theater. I'm actually thinking about flying down there to see, like, if they do marathons for, like, the Star Wars, you know. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm seriously considering flying down there to, to see to see Star Wars. So, we'll see. Ooh. We'll see how that goes. Anyway, uh, Bad Boys 2. Imagine if Michael Bay did a Star Wars. Anyway, oh, I would um, watch the hell out of that movie. I would watch that movie twice <laughs> at the same time somehow. <laughs> Diego, your first experience with Bad Boys Two. Every experience with this feels like a first experience. I'm being honest, but no, uh, I I believe I brought it up before. I, I was like middle school. A friend had a sleepover. And uh, we had a maybe not authorized copy of the movie while it was Ooh. still in theaters. And oh. we watched this and I believe the first Bad Boys. Um, and we had the time of our lives. Uh, way too young to be watching a movie as reprehensible and vile as this. But it basically changed my world and my life. And it has made an impact uh, it's helped me understand my feelings about the USA in ways I could not fully comprehend. Um, there's there's a lot to unpack with this movie, and it's funny because if I can kind of get into the 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 movie really quick, if that's okay with you guys, yeah, yeah. Um, I've quoted this movie as being like an essential part of our art history for the 2000s, for the 21st century, in that it clearly establishes America's, like, pop culture zeitgeist as a reaction to 9-11. You know, we're, like, we're we're recovering from one of the most devastating terror attacks in the history of the planet. And through our art, uh, as Michael Bay's, like, prism of his, like, 
visual and audio expressive nature has created something that's a com- complete rebuke of American weakness. And he's he's created the quintessential film for the era of the Iraq War, where now we're going to other countries by the end of this and just destroying Cuba, where <laughs> we're being hateful towards everyone regardless of their race, gender, identities. Everything is nothing. And the only thing that matters is bullets, blood, and really harsh language. And uh, this is the most important film of the 21st century. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and with that, we close the Michael Bay podcast. Thank you, folks. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, Diego, like, I am, like, in agreement with you with so much of what you just said. Like, I I don't know. Like, uh, and Mike, I have to turn back to you in a bit because it sounds like you're not as, enthusi- you're not as enthusiastic <laughs> as, me, as, Diego, as me and Diego. Okay. Um, cause I think even me and Diego did a, did a podcast episode on this a few years ago. Like I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. It was like maybe like four or five years ago, but I don't know, like each time I see this movie and I just saw it again, you know, for like the, the, I don't know, the, maybe the ninth time this past week, like I'm still just blown away by it. Like each time I see it, I've raised it up like half a star. It's up to like four and a half stars on my letterbox box right now. Uh, I, I saw it on a big screen twice. Like last time I saw it on the big screen was like a few months ago, and I'm like, oh, this is this is one of the best. This is one of my this is one of my favorite movies of all time. Okay, it's just there's it it it's it's also irreprehensible. <laughs> there's stuff goes on in this movie that I just can't believe was shot by a human being, you know, and yet I'm still like this is this is cinema. You know, this is insanity on screen Uh, coming from Pearl Harbor where, yeah, we all were complaining about how Michael Bay made it so that America would win. It's like, yes, you know, sure, Pearl Harbor, you know, one of the worst attacks on America, Uh, truly horrible day in history. But hey, Michael Bay turns it into an, an epic, you know, win for the U.S. by the end. Okay. Here, yeah, like Diego was saying, he he really nails that on the head. He's like, yes, America good. America always good. America guns, explosions. And, I mean, that's, that's, his, that's his ethos. That, that is Michael Bay. He's also <laughs> a, he also has a weird, six t- twisted sense of humor that's also pretty racist and homophobic. But, hey, isn't that also America? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so... It's it's a lot. It's a lot, Mike. Okay, I mean, I don't. I have a feeling you're not as enthusiastic about this. Well, I mean, I don't think that I could be, right? <laughs> At this point. <laughs> but that being said, I, I do really like the movie. I mean. I think it ended up on my top 10 at the end of the year back in 03. Um, I think uh, out of the, the ones that we've seen so far, I'd probably put it at number three behind uh, The Rock and the, the first Bad Boys. But, I mean, there's a lot in here which I think is really interesting. And some of it holds up and some of it doesn't. But, like, 2003, whatever it was about 2003, it was... I think in a lot of ways, kind of like a, I'm not going to say a turning point, but like a really weird detour for action movies where like technology got to a point where people could do anything and they decided that they should do anything. (laughs) 
And I mean, like, uh, we're talking about this movie. Another movie that I saw on that same trip to Disney World was Charlie's Angels Full Throttle. Um, You had The Matrix Reloaded. You had a lot of these movies you could even i mean in some sort of weird twisted way lump kill bill in there or x2 it was like this time where like it action movies were just like more more everything faster more intense more cgi yeah demi Moore is going to be flying in this one and it's okay because we accept it because the matrix or something i don't know you know, and I love all of those movies that I just mentioned. Okay. I'm not like bashing this, but it was like this, this moment where like action movies threw any sort of realism, like out the window and just said, let's do the craziest shit imaginable and as much of it as we possibly can. And in a lot of ways, I think bad boys Two sort of, uh, embodies that because we had bad boys eight years earlier and we saw what that was when it was like a normal movie. Right. (laughs) And now it's this movie's two hours and 27 minutes long. Like, how does that work? How how do you do that? And then like, yeah, a hundred and thirty million dollar budget. And I always thought that that was like the craziest thing. Like bad boys is the movie made by the guy who made the milk commercial. And now eight years later, he's made Armageddon. He's made Pearl Harbor. And when he goes back to make his little movie about, you know, cops and robbers, what does that look like? Well, it looks like bad boys too. It looks like this massive, crazy, epic thing with the biggest movie star in the world now who wasn't back then. And it's two and a half hours long and it's got... Uh, people going to other countries in order to stop uh, what you know i mean it is like excess excess on top of excess and i don't it's weird it's weird i don't (laughs) know you know (laughs) i i i I just want to throw in another movie that came out that same summer which i also love to my heart's full extent too fast too furious oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, but that's totally in keeping with that yeah, and that is like of all the Fast and Furious movies, that's the one more than any other that fits this. You know, yeah. And I find it fascinating that if you put you know Too Fast, Too Furious, and Bad Boys Two side to side, they're very, very, very similar, like eerily similar. So yeah, I don't know what it, what was going on in two thousand three. Uh, maybe Diego has a points with like a response to nine eleven <laughs> and like this excess, this like. We have to win any in any way possible, and if that means in, you know <laughs> putting a lot of money in, in our action, you know making the impossible happen, uh, making these you know shiny, uh, pleasing to the eye action movies, and then then maybe that was it. Maybe that that this was our response in media, in action media, you know to you know two thousand one. So I don't know. It's 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 crazy. I'm with you, Mike. <laughs> And this movie, and I should also mention, hey, Bad Boys One, by the way, budget nineteen million. Let's not forget that. So, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. that's another thing which we, you know, I we kind of talked about last week a little bit, or we teased last week, but I think it's something which is very important, and I think that looking at this movie and Bad Boys One makes it very clear that as much 
as Michael Bay complains about the restrictions which are placed upon him in terms of budget, I think that Bad Boys 2 is what happens when he doesn't have those restrictions. Oh, yes. yeah. And, yes. I mean, it, it's as much about time as it is about budget. I mean, it's something that we'll see time and again with these Transformers movies. But it's like he's said, like, oh, well, you know, I want to give people everything. You know, I want to put... It, when you put everything in a movie, then everything is diluted. You know, you got to <laughs> pick and choose. And it, it's, I, I mean, I'm not even necessarily sure what you would cut out of this movie. I mean, there's a few, you know, like things which probably don't need to be there. But just the fact that it's structured in such a way that this thing is two and a half hours long is insane. It's the <laughs> longest movie ever made. It's not, but at times it, it certainly feels like that. Definitely not longer than Pearl Harbor, though. Oh no! Oh my oh, God! Boy. That that poor movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 quickly going through uh, the budgets of past Michael Bay movies. Pearl Harbor and Armageddon were both budgeted at 140 million, and The Rock was budgeted at it's loading, it's just 75. So yeah, so this is not even his. The most money he's been given, but yeah, I imagine it's the most freedom he's been given, because like what uh, uh, Armageddon was PG thirteen, and we all know. I mean, Michael Bay is complaining on Pearl Harbor, like he wants higher budgets, he doesn't want any restrictions, he wants to just blow shit up, and this was his chance, and this is what he gave us, and I'm like, yes, this is what I want. (laughs) And yeah, angry, like he was like, yeah, so you motherfuckers, like I'm gonna make my own movie. This is what's gonna look like, and I'm gonna do whatever I want, and it's like, holy shit, dude. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, yeah. I, I, again, like I don't know where that anger came from. <laughs> it's yeah, this is his most angry movie to date. Uh, everything else just seemed very not tame, but like th- there's some restraint there. But here, I mean, when you have a movie where there's a scene where you just throw cadavers out of a moving car, you know, <laughs> and, and that is like your action set piece. I'm like, why, why? And also thank you, but also why, why, why do this? <laughs> but, but there's something about that. Like, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not one to get excited about seeing like bodies explode or anything like that. <laughs> Maybe it's the fact that they're already dead. I don't know, but that scene and it's so weird because I don't do this ever, but uh, like that scene makes me laugh, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like I don't laugh at like physical humor at all. I don't laugh at exploding bodies. And yet there's something about that scene, just it being so incredibly absurd. And I don't think that it's really even what's going on on screen. I think it's the fact that someone was like, we could do this in a movie. Like, you know, and then they did. Uh, you're just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, what? Why? It's an interesting choice. It's an <laughs> yes. Interesting is definitely a word to describe this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's 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 actually talk about this movie, because it seems like we've just been overall just providing our reactions to the insanity of it. But hey, uh, Martin Lawrence, Will Smith, they come back uh, as... As as the bad boys, as the titular bad boys, Marcus and Mike. And, okay, I'm going to talk about the opening, okay? Uh, again, I'm dumbfounded and confused, but also excited. Um, yeah, like, uh, we sub this... I mean, the intro of the movie, the title, the title sequence is Making Ecstasy. It's like the making of ecstasy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, and then you see, like, yeah, it's Bad Boys 2. You, you, you see the titles go by. 
And then we open on uh, the opening raid on this uh, KKK, this clan meeting. <laughs> and I'm, I, I'm going to forgive myself if I don't mention this. The directed by Michael Bay uh, title, that his, his credit, appears over a flaming cross. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I never thought about that, but uh, it okay. does. I, well, <laughs> I, 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 I have this reaction every time I see it. I go, "What? What? Why? Okay, <laughs> fine." <laughs> you, you, you know that website? I don't know if you guys seen it. Like, there's that 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 it's just like a red bubble store, like Direct Tees. Have you seen this? No, uh, oh. maybe. I'm obsessed with it. I'm wearing one right now. But what they are <laughs> is they're like uh, t-shirts that have like director credits like in, yeah, in like the yeah. font and everything from yeah. like the movies you know yeah oh okay yeah yeah I, I i wonder what that would look like if they did one for bad boys too that <laughs> <laughs> oh no <laughs> probably probably not not on their slate anytime soon yeah it's it's <laughs> that image and i think i tweeted it out too it's seared in my mind um that that director credit i never even noticed that but that's yeah i don't yeah okay yeah, but yeah, um, uh, the introduction of uh, Will Smith and Martin Lawrence, they, they reveal themselves. They were underneath clan hoods all this time. So <laughs> that statement alone opens up this movie. Blue power. <laughs> <laughs> power. Unbelievable. <laughs> and and that's, that's how Michael Bay wants to start Bad Boys 2, um, with just the, <laughs> the n-word and clan members getting blown away i yeah um w- what do we even want to say about that opening <laughs> i mean just the, the visceral like nature of the opening was like here something ex- making ecstasy boom you know, there's, there's a drug shipment in the ocean boom oh military tactics boom credits burning cross boom undercover cop it's like so much is happening like count the time for the opening credits and look at everything you're seeing like, and on some level, I believe that it's good, like, visual exposition to catch up the audience. But on another, I'm just like, this is a lot to take in. <laughs> and just the way it's cut together with, like, the flashing lights and the sounds and the the panning camera, it's, uh, it's a lot. But on, on, on another level, I do appreciate any movie that opens with members of the KKK just getting lit up. <laughs> so even if I didn't like this movie, cause on, on another level, I also do kind of think maybe this is a bad movie. I, I couldn't tell you if it's good or bad. It, it just is, you know, it's an experience. Um, but yeah, blowing away KKK members, more movies need that. I think more now than ever. So good. That's quality cinema right there. Hey, it holds up very well, especially in 2019. Oh, yeah. I think, yeah. 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 Um, in some ways it does, in some ways it doesn't, you know? <laughs> oh, oh, no, oh, no, you're absolutely right. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're for me, being, like, yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah the the part, well, I mean, like the that scene, for example, they get blown away. like you just brought up, like, the fact that they were, like, blue power, you know? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that... <laughs> That's that's a whole issue on uh, in and of itself. It's yeah, you forget. Yes, they're cops. They're yeah, cops, the, right? the imagery is just so conflicting because it's like, like let's, let's look at the burning cross one more time because uh, this is the problem <laughs> with Bad Boys Two. You could look at any like individual moment or segment from this movie and be like, "There's a lot to unpack here," and I don't know who has time for all of this. Um, but like the burning cross, it's like oh, scary imagery because you know the KKK objectively an evil in society. And then uh, the uh, Will Smith under the clan outfit, 
swoops it off. His, his big hero shot, still in front of the burning cross. Uh, a, a black man's going to take down the KKK. Fuck yeah, that's what cinema's about, you know? And, but he's like, uh, but then the big police on his chest with his uh, uniform. It's like, well, that's a little conflicting too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, what are you supposed to get from that, you know? And it's, yeah, just, it's, should- it's conflicting. I should back up and say yes. Uh, Mike has a point. Like I, I say it holds up because yes, blowing away clan members totally in. You know, oh, it should be, but no. The po- the actual police aspect of this, <laughs> they are terrible, horrible cops. They are. They the kill worst. more people than the villains. Yes, <laughs> it's amazing. They, like, they, have, they have no no thought of the law, or you know, just they read nobody their rights. They just blow people away, and they just they eventually like Michael Bay himself gets just tired of the whole cop aspect by the, the third act and just makes them like, makes them members of the military there's just <laughs> you're right so he's like fuck this it's a military movie now and so and with the end of that I, like I, I you know because there was the whole thing where Roger Ebert was like um, oh the rock you know is, is amazing right and then but by the time you get to well, I mean, really, the very next movie, Armageddon, he's like, this is garbage. I don't remember what he thought about Pearl Harbor, but I do very distinctly remember him giving Bad Boys 2 one star. And, you know, he talks about how much he, like, like the, the end sequence, right, when they're, like, driving through, like, the village. Oh, yeah. God. And then, yeah. like, all of, like, the buildings are, like, exploding and you know he talked about how like how terrible that was because he's just like they're just like whatever you know so all these people either die or or you know have their homes just destroyed and then there's just one line where they're like oh well this is where all the drug dealers live you know yeah exactly <laughs> and like he was like morally offended by this movie you know and uh oh, he, he's not wrong <laughs> No, no. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, wow, that's an interesting, an interesting turn for for Roger Ebert. You know, the same guy who lent his review to the Criterion Collection disc of Michael Bay's second movie, and now, <laughs> you know, yeah. How I mean, I uh, I want I I forget how he felt about it, like Michael Bay's later work. So I have to look up. Like I'm sure. Was he, uh, forgive me. Was he alive when Pain and Gain came out? Uh, he was. He, he. I think he was. I think that might have been one of his last reviews then, because uh, I know he passed uh, before the summer of 2013. Okay, so yeah, I might have to look back and see what he thought. But uh, I mean, I don't blame Roger Ebert for being uh, morally aghast at this. I mean, that's just the opening sequence alone. Okay. Um, and then we get to I, I don't even know where to get to next with this. this that honestly, seems kind of hard because it's like every moment again is like we got to unpack like the moral and yeah political I, implications of what we just yeah. witnessed in the last five yeah. minutes. <laughs> and also, I have to realize like I may have been way too enthused about this. I have to really because uh, this could turn problematic real quick, just like a Michael Bay movie. <laughs> um, I just want to say yes, morally, a lot of this is terrible real bad and this 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 kind of skews into i guess what you were saying diego earlier is this a bad movie i'd say yeah i'm fighting with myself in terms of like whether it being bad i just enjoy it because it is and i guess we can we can talk about this sequence next this uh, the next sequence is one of my favorite action sequences ever 
is the freeway chase where Michael Bay just ups the ante like over the course of like what like 10 minutes and it's, it's the insane. most insane it's insane it's like yes it's morally ir- uh, ir- ir- irreprehensible but I can't take my eyes off it like he does things with the camera in you know making it move like I've rarely seen it move you know he he his mind man <laughs> like like, make, like making it like dip under cars and like and this and just like hey it's like hey I'm not t- I'm you know uh I can throw cars at you sure I can throw boats at you sure I'll just keep throwing shit at you because that's who I am <laughs> I'm I'm gonna make the best freeway chase you've ever seen and it's one of the best for me so that sequence that took in the first like what 20 minutes I it's don't incredible know. The, the time i kind of lose track of time with this movie it's <laughs> it's 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 bizarre uh but it's that's the first half for sure i remember yeah. there's a big lull in the action at some point Honestly, yeah, I don't know. First 20, 30 minutes, who yeah. knows? But that's you don't that's even wh- see uh, 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 Joey Pants until like the forty-five minute mark. After oh, that, really? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it must be after that. So first thirty-ish minutes. Oh, because we're also introduced to Gabriel Union before that. So we, we should also mention her. Yeah. Oh, she's her really good in this for a yeah. character that doesn't really have anything to do. No. Uh, yeah, I mean, we talked last week about you know how all of the the female leads in in Michael Bay's movies end up sitting around watching you know the, <laughs> yeah. the men save the day and in this one I mean they make her a cop which is cool and you know she does more stuff than anyone else does aside from maybe like Kate Beckinsale in Pearl Harbor right but oh yeah yeah but the movie still ends with them having to save her. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She. She. It's so weird too because she still gets like, admittedly, a really cool kill in the finale for one of the henchmen. You know, when she tosses the the gun on the landmine, it, it pops up. Like that's that's cool, but it's like it's so conflicting because they kind of, after having her do like badass stuff during the chase scene too, they relegate her to just a damsel in distress in the third act until that final moment again. So it's like, what are we supposed to get from that character? Even you know. Uh, that's it's it's really too bad that she she doesn't get more to play with there. You know, she, no, she, it's, she's it's, she could have gone toe to toe with Martin Lawrence and Will Smith. Yeah, it's it's a shame, and I wonder what's going on with her spinoff show. Um, it, uh, it, it's it's like a Spectrum exclusive show. Yeah, I don't. I didn't even know it started airing at the time of this recording. Apparently, there's like five episodes out already. Five episodes. Yeah. That's- yeah, that's ins- I I don't even know the name of it. I just know if somebody did, did we talk about this on a on a previous episode? Somebody lost their leg like during yes. production of that. That's that is awful, but uh uh the only reason I'd want to watch that show is for her, Gabrielle Union. Oh, um, and Jessica Alba, I mean. You know. And of course Jessica Alba. Yeah. I, yeah that that yeah. seems like a good headliner, you know, I, those two. Yeah. When when they said like, "Oh yeah, we're making this show and none of the networks will pick it up." I was like what the fuck is going on? You know, how does that show not get made? And the spectrum thing? I mean, I, I live in Chicago. We don't have spectrum. What is that? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm here in Austin and we have spectrum, but I don't have cable. I mean, I don't think I'd have any way to watch it. I don't, I don't even know where it would end up after the season ends. So I'm hoping that sooner or later you'll be able to like buy it on iTunes. Right. But yeah, no, we'll, for we'll now see. it's not up there now, but I mean, God, yeah, the, the streaming wars are going to kill us all. 
I, I think that's yeah. the kind of not to get on the whole thing, but like that's kind of Cable's last ditch attempt to be like, look, we're making original shows directly for you, and it's like no one cares anymore. No, yeah, but just the Which, the idea that you know here we are, and, and this it it blows my mind. Like sixteen years later, someone was like. Remember that character Gabrielle Union played in Bad Boys <laughs> Two? Um, uh-huh. Let's make a show about her. Like that's that's a, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's do that. I mean, uh, like I, I think that that's the most amazing idea ever in the history of television. But I cannot believe that that actually happened. Yeah. By the way, the show is called LA's Finest. Yes, LA's Finest. Yes, LA's Finest. Yeah. It's, I mean, yeah. What weren't they? They were going to call it Bad Girls, or was that just a no. Oof. Um, I don't know. They, they I, don't know. I think it probably would have gotten more attention, at least. Yeah. With that yeah. title, but I don't know. This. But now it, I, I can guarantee. I, I can guarantee you, we can go. We can each go on Twitter and and uh, say that this show is a thing, and there will be at least a handful of people responding with what? what? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. What? I didn't know that. But yeah. Um. But uh, we uh, on this podcast, unfortunately. We won't be talking about that show because I don't think any of us has access to that show nope. <laughs> at this moment. I tried. I tried. I would. Yeah. I would have bought it if, it, like, I would have done the season pass on iTunes or whatever, but not not available. Yeah. It's insane. It's insane. But wait, we have Gabrielle Union and Bad Boys too. Um. Uh, again, I mean, I like her, but yeah, again, underutilized. I don't like that she's turned into a damsel in distress in the end. Uh, let me talk about somebody who I do love in this movie and who's properly utilized. Um, who returns to a Michael Bay film, Peter Stormare. Yes, um, I love him so goddamn much, and <laughs> he's in it for like a few ha- a handful of scenes, but they're amazing scenes. I mean, there's that shot, and again, another glorious Michael Bay. Let's do some crazy shit, like David Fincher Panic Room sort of shit stuff. Like Michael Bay takes us through the vents of this nightclub, across the dance floor, uh, uh, you know, up girl skirts, like up through. Uh, um, Peter Stormare's office, you know, as he's counting money, and then we zoom in, in into the ecstasy pills, all in one shot. Yeah. That's glorious. Yeah. So, yeah, and it shows off like in that scene, Peter Stormare is an asshole. It's like, oh, the guy's ODing, just toss him out the street. Um, but he has some good, he has some good moments later on, especially when he comes back all angry. <laughs> Again, you don't really need him <laughs> in the <Yeah>. movie. <laughs> no, and it's just- so weird because it's like that's an incredible like establishing moment when when he got Martin Lawrence and Will Smith in the helicopter. You know, you do the whole thing like you talked about, and it's like yeah. it's laying out this geography of this place, and you're like, oh, this is like. This is the villain of the movie. This is an incredible set. And he's not even like – he's like the yeah. secondary baddie kind of. He's like a minor character at best who's awesome but doesn't do anything. So it's like, oh, so that means nothing. That that was yeah, just flashy. Yeah, yeah you could have cut out his ent- – <laughs> Yeah, no, I love it. Yeah, exactly. I, you could have cut out his entire arc. It would have not changed a thing about – you know the pacing would have improved the pacing i mean but this actual story and what we were following that's of importance would not change a thing yeah. I, see, I love I, still I think it would have been uh amazing if he was like if for whatever like this movie is just it's off the rails it's like uh, in space it's in pluto you know like it's out there by the end so what i think could have been cool is if they have to team up with peter stormare and the Navy <laughs> SEALs to go to Cuba, that would have made this objectively like the best movie ever. <laughs> that, that I would have loved to see. Come on. Oh, my God. 
who is the main bad guy in this? What's his name? Oh, God, uh, I don't even know. The, the actor, I don't even that know. Is good, He's like, but yeah. Uh, Jordi Malia is the actor's name. It's Johnny, right? Johnny Tapia. Oh yeah. Oh my god, I forgot. That's amazing. <laughs> I know. Is is he not like the most like what one of the most whatever uh bad guys in a movie? Oh he he's yeah, he's like flippant whatever like the 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 actor is what brings the attention to it cuz he like he makes me crack up, man. I don't know what it yeah, is. Yeah, no he does. Yeah. But I don't know like I I it, uh, the character though. I mean, I like the actor. There are moments in it that I laugh. No, do you know what I love about his whole, like, that whole bad guy arc? It's, it's the fact that he has his daughter there and his like, mother there. <laughs> yeah, that just cracks like, me that's up. That's such a weird quirk to give your villain. Yeah. <laughs> and and that's, like, your thing. Like, and and th- that's why I, I don't know. It goes in, it goes, and I, I want to shift here too, guys. I'm trying to wrap my head around this. So that, so the, the villain thing, yes. I don't think it's a very good villain. Because I think uh, Michael Bay inserts way too much comedy into like his plot, which again, it's a love hate thing. I love that it's not like a real serious, you know, uh, villain that I, I I really can't take him any, you know, I, I can't take him seriously. But I also love the fact that it's pretty hilarious, like the much shit Michael Bay throws in. So yeah, he's carrying around his daughter with him. You know, he's he's shooting henchmen in the head, and this mother comes out. And he goes, "Oh, what happened to him?" He's like, "Oh, mother, he shot himself." He goes, "Oh, no, no, no." She walks away. It's like one of the best lines in the movie for me. She's like, "Oh, no, bless his heart." Okay, bye. Um, well, that was his cousin too. And yeah, then his cousin, the mother right? says yeah. to send flowers to his mother. <laughs> Incredible filmmaking. <laughs> I don't know, but it makes me laugh. But what is with Michael Bay's sense of humor? This is what I've wanted to get to because now we're in the 2000s and here's where you see it more and more, especially in the Transformers movies. What is his sense of humor, guys? Like, what is going on with Michael Bay? It's weird. Like, have you ever seen him tell a joke? No. <laughs> Do no, I want to? <laughs> I mean, that's it. It's just weird. That's it. Right? I mean, and I guess if you think about like his commercials, like, okay, so there's the milk commercial, there's the the Budweiser frogs, right? Yeah. Like those you could say are like humorous. Um, I, it's weird. It, it's weird. I don't know. And I wonder how much of it, I mean, because you know that they did a lot of improv, right? So yeah, you got to figure most of like the jokes are Martin Lawrence and Will Smith, right? But then like the scenarios where it's like, this is a crazy thing. Let's throw this in because it'll be funny. And, and maybe it's in the writing too. I don't know. This movie was written by Ron Shelton. What's up with that? <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> Uh, r- r- remind us who he is and what he's written before. Uh, Bull Durham. That's right. Yeah. Tin Cup. Uh, basically any <laughs> sports movie. Hollywood Homicide, I believe, is the same year as this. Have you guys seen that? That's, oh, I have not God. seen I Hollywood forget Homicide. about that movie. That's You want to something super weird, completely unrelated to anything here, aside from the fact that it's Ron Shelton, and maybe the same year, but he made two movies in the same year, 2002, I guess it was. He made Dark Blue and Hollywood Homicide. And if you look at those two movies, vastly different. One's a comedy, 
buddy cop comedy with, you know, Harrison Ford and Josh Hartnett. And the other one is, you know, this hardcore drama about the L.A. riots, you know, starring uh, Kurt Russell. And you look at those and just like on the bare bones sort of like structural thing, like the, the story that they tell is like almost identical. And he made them back to back in the same year and they couldn't be more different if they tried. But it's like, let me do that same story once as a drama and once as a comedy back to back and release them <laughs> a few months apart. It's just super <laughs> weird. It, it, it would make for a great double feature. Try it sometime. It's, it's cool. Anyway, as, he wrote. I just have to mention, <laughs> yeah, uh, the other, another writer uh, on this is Jerry Stahl. Uh, who is a novelist and also a screenwriter. Uh, he did uh, Permanent Midnight. Oh. Um, yeah. And for some reason, he also co-wrote this movie, which I, I don't understand either. I'm looking at his <laughs> filmography. I'm like, what? That doesn't make any sense. He's got novels. He's got memoirs. And he also wrote Bad Boys 2. It's, um, <laughs> it's a weird time, too. I mean, like, I, it's maybe maybe it's no different now. It just seems different, but... Like they would just like assign random people. I mean, you got the Wibberleys, you know, writing this thing, you know, who also wrote Charlie's Angels Full Throttle, and they did like a lot of, you know, like weird. I mean, like they wrote G Force, you know, um, <laughs> and the Shaggy Dog movie and stuff like that. And it's just like a weird, like they were, like people were almost just like assigned to to do movies. You know what I mean? Like what yeah. what does Ron Shelton? how how do any of these people have any business writing bad boys to you know <laughs> I, uh the the the, the Leaves make more sense looking at their filmography yeah well they got um, the, like the bruckheimer thing you know they yeah 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 uh it oh that reminds me of um we just lost who was it uh forgive me if i get his name right wasn't it alvin Sargent? yes yes yeah who wrote didn't he co-write or write spider-man 2 yes yes and I that was the first <clears throat> two or, or two and three maybe yeah maybe two and three two, but wasn't two that, three and amazing spider-man two three and amazing ah, but wasn't right. that wasn't that kind of like also kind of like flabbergasting it's like why would alan Sargent want to write spider-man 2 and that was like what the year before that's 2002 also sony so yeah maybe you have a point there mike they're just assigning these big budget action movies, superhero movies, whatever, to these writers who are like, well, I got nothing else going on. I Sony, <laughs> Sony's weird because sometimes their choices really like, because they're so scattershot, like, you know, even a broken clock is right twice a day. Uh, they'll, they'll get something really special. And other times it's like, yeah, that's, that's just like a corporate product and I could see people enjoying it, but you're going to forget it existed. Like G-Force, like you guys brought up, I forgot that movie existed. <laughs> oh, I remember that movie vividly. <laughs> the thing that I remember most about that movie is that it was in scope, but for the 3D version, they wanted to have a couple of shots where like the hamsters or whatever they are, like break frame and it's like they're flying out of the screen. So the entire movie for, for, the, for the 3D version is actually a flat, presentation letterboxed to scope huh. which meant that oh which you know by the way michael bay did with the last transformers movie which meant that if you're watching it on a scope screen it's actually like only like 
using half of the screen instead of the entire anyway whatever it, yeah it, which is it, it, it made bizarre. it made me mad it made me mad as a projection but <laughs> it doesn't matter um yeah that movie is really bad <laughs> in, okay, in many so, ways i just want to say i i could understand people saying bad boys 2 is bad and also the saying that it makes them mad because again this is kind of an like morally reprehensible even irresponsible movie yeah yeah and, and, and um, it, it, it's it's weird that there was a lot of that going on at this time i don't know people seem to care a lot less about things like this or maybe that's just the way it was i mean 2003 um was a weird time because again i, I want to touch on this because i was heading towards this with the michael bay sense of humor thing the one scene in the movie that i'm like why 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 is the scene where uh will smith martin lawrence are at the at the video store at the video camera store and they have they have this bit where they're in the room and they're being videotaped but they don't know they're being videotaped and everybody else in the store is watching this conversation they're having and it's it's supposed to be like a double entendre thing where people watching them are thinking they're they're talking about anal sex and and gay sex and it's played for laughs (laughs) and i'm like no this is not right (laughs) this is this feels very like yeah 2003 i guess that's we have to remember that was a long time ago (laughs) 16 years ago so yeah um it's it even back then it never really stuck with me as like no yeah it felt weird uh, it felt weird and so ugly even the way that people in the store are framed it's just well i mean okay well backtrack even like a minute from that scene they basically get a dude fired while they're undergoing their investigation like the the kid who helps them out is the the son of the owner of the video store and so they're looking for like footage to help them out in the case and and then it cuts to like a, a recorded like pornographic tape um and then it starts playing all over the video store, right? And they just leave the kid to deal with it when his dad storms down the aisle. And the dad's like, what the hell? <laughs> like, what? Like, that dude's fired. That, that kid's not going into work tomorrow. And then they just leave and it's like, oh, it doesn't even phase him. And then when everyone in the store is seeing their re- like uh, their conversation and it's like, haha, get it because of gay. And it's like, Jesus, this is awful. But then like the kid's like licking an ice cream cone. And then he's like, mommy, what's an erection? Just like the way he's like framed. It's like, so he's clearly like trying to be grossed out, like by smothering the kid's face with like ice cream and like almost like buck teeth. And it's just like every person in this movie is hated by Michael Bay. And I think that's why I'm okay with the moral reprehensibility. If, if, if someone says like, I can not sit through this movie. I totally get it. I would not convince anyone to watch this movie unless they were curious because it's ugly and vile and hateful. But I think it forms this weird, almost abstract whole as like a work of pure expression. It's just ugly expression. (laughs) Yeah. I, and I also want to talk about the main plot of the movie. (laughs) You know, Sorry. because <laughs> no, 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 no. It 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 baffles me. Okay, that we saw this, how it's irreprehensible. You know, all this, it's morally wrong, but yet the core of the story is Will Smith, Martin Lawrence. Um, Will Smith is like secretly going out with with uh, with Martin Lawrence's sister and doing it behind his back, and that's it, really. And then Martin Lawrence can't get an erection. That's it's a sitcom plot again. 
like similar to Bad Boys One. Like that. That's all. Their, that that's their arc. <laughs> it's insane it's to me. It's a total sitcom plot, and I think Martin Lawrence or not Martin Lawrence, uh, Mike Lowry is maybe the worst protagonist in American movie history. And in, in, <laughs> just in the sense that he's like actually an antagonist. Like let, let's be clear, Martin Lawrence's character arc. Um, uh, as a loving husband and father and and good good uh, police detective or or uh, officer I'm not sure what their rank is I don't think it matters um, <laughs> but he's like a good guy and and Mike Lowry's like yeah I, I you know I fucked my therapist the other day which is totally healthy behavior I shot like 30 dudes on the highway you know like oh Mar- like Martin Lawrence you don't shoot anybody like I do you don't you don't destroy the basic <laughs> fabric of reality like I do you got to man up and so by the end of the movie that's his arc where he has to like shoot someone that's that's like the victorious arc for martin lawrence's character he shoots the villain in the head and then they explode when they fall on a landmine and then he gets will smith's approval that's <laughs> fucking crazy yeah his arc similar to the arc of um uh, uh, uh al power and die hard he just has mm-hmm. to shoot somebody and he's fine he's cured there's there was i forget what the three movies are but there's actually a trilogy of that with with the rock where he's <laughs> like i hate guns and then by the end of the movie he realizes that guns solve all problems one of one of them is the rundown um and i think one of them is walking tall I forget what the third one is. I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out. We need to watch that yeah. trilogy. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no, it, the, 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 way, the way you spelled it out there, Diego, I, I never pieced that together. That that's the final shot of the movie before the end credits is, yeah, uh, 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 Marcus just shooting somebody in the head. <laughs> and then Mike Laura going, yeah, I want my, I want my next part to shoot that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Cut to black. That's it. Yeah. God damn, this movie's fucking evil. Um, we, we, totally didn't, we didn't even talk about awesome. We didn't even talk about the scene where uh, Martin Lawrence's daughter is going on a date. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> what? What? what is How even, did we not talk about that? The internet is loves even, that moment. I don't. They love that going moment. On there? Or are you being sarcastic there? No, no, no. I, I swear. Like, I'm sure more people that are aware of you know how society works are not going to be favorable to that but there are multiple videos of that scene on youtube uh that have like millions of hits and like just i remember in high school that was a big thing that admittedly my friends and i would kind of repeat you know this like the the act of like surprising someone like oh isn't that so funny ha 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 and it's like no it's it's awful it it is inherently disgusting and horrible and it's like yeah police brutality is really funny guys you know <laughs> like oh and my yeah, god there's there's another gay joke in that scene right oh Which, yeah think, yeah yeah but you know um, what and it's it is offensive and horrible as many parts of this movie are but i would be absolutely lying if like mike this movie did not make me laugh a bunch of times when will yeah. smith says you ever made love to a man you want to <laughs> I laugh every time and I might be a bad person. Yeah, no, I think I'm a bad person too because it's I I enjoy watching because I just again flabbergasted that it exists and that Will Smith is doing all this. Good old I, I always forget that he gave shit to Eminem for, for, for saying, Hey, you don't have to make a rap song and make 
make it a hit. You know, uh, I mean, no, he said you you can make a rap song and not curse and make it a hit. You know, which I'm like, okay, well, Smith, you do it. You, you do what you got to do, and then you got to make a you know Bad Boys Two where you do that scene. <laughs> pretty much the entire movie is just him being a, an extremely evil person. <laughs> so goddamn. Um, what else can we possibly say about this? Because I know there's a lot to say, but we have to end the episode eventually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I have a, a couple just quick notes. I promise I won't rant. Uh, Amir Mokri is the cinematographer on this mm. who would go on to shoot two more films we're going to talk about in the Michael Bay filmography. Uh, very talented DP. I really love the look of this film, which is yeah. funny because it's like sunny, welcoming. Like this is a peak summer movie experience now. Like I'd love to watch this in a theater. But uh, the, the material is just so vile, it's kind of like off-putting. Um, <laughs> the cast is uniformly very good. Uh, the action goes on way too long to the point that I, it comes, I come back around and I'm like, yeah, no, this is some of the best directed action of the 21st century. The ending's hilarious because they basically destroyed a third world country, like even like more than America already has. And... <laughs> And it's like, yeah, that was awesome. Woo, barbecue. And then we go to credits and it's like, wow, <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is amazing. Um, oh, I did a speech on this class, uh, on this movie for a, a speech class uh, before and I got an A. So hey. Oh, nice. Congratulations. And Dude. last – Oh, okay. oh, uh, let me ask Diego, do you have that speech saved somewhere? Oh, I gotta find it. Yeah, somewhere. Somewhere. If I find it, I will I will share it with, with the world. Okay. I but, love uh, that. So, I, I wish I had all those things from my, you know, like, you know, film school, you know, like the, the analyses of like, like yeah. um, comparing Chasing Amy to 101 Dalmatians and, you know, like, uh, yeah. yeah, you know, things like that, you know. I, I I I had that stuff, but then in my last move, I threw a lot of that away. Mm-hmm. Which I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I, I I could reread my analysis on like Pulp Fiction and like oh, what else, like Dawn of the Dead. Uh, but I'm like, nah, do I really need to do that in 2019? <laughs> nah. So I, just, I, t- I tossed it, I tossed it. But anyway, uh, I guess the last thing for me then, uh, I was once I had the flu for like two weeks, and I believe in. I watched Bad Boys 2 11 times in seven days. <laughs> That's why it took you so long to get better. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I couldn't stop. It was like, oh, it's the cinematic equivalent of pork grinds. You know, you just like, you can't oh. stop eating them. It's like bad for you. And afterwards yeah, you I feel d- kind of shitty. But I'll gladly do it all over again. So, Yeah, I, I just had a pork, I just had a bag of pork grinds earlier. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I completely know what you're saying. Those, they were delicious, but I kind of feel sweaty now. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, Mike, any 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 final thoughts here? Yeah, I mean, I, I do love this movie, and I think the main reason is because like the action is so well done, you know. But I mean, I, you know, I mean, one of those things that you learn, I guess, is that uh, you're allowed to like line item veto movies, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff in here which you know I don't particularly like. And you just watch it, and it is sort of cringeworthy. But there's a lot of great stuff in here, too. So, you know, at the end of the day, I would say it's a win. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty much how I feel. I mean, I just said uh, at the beginning of the podcast, I rate this four and a half out of five uh, on my letterbox, which it went from like a three 
to a four to four and a half over the course of like the last five years. So, um, th- th- the good far outweighs the bad, even though the bad is really bad. I, I love this movie because it's just so expressive. Um, it is Michael Bay just playing around with every single action set piece. I agree with Diego. Sometimes they go on way too long, but there's just so much there to appreciate that I just can't help but love pretty much every single piece of action. There is like so there's different types of action too, like uh, gunplay. There's uh, you know car chases. Uh, that huge chase through uh, th- through Cuba. Uh, there's a train, you know, fights and chase. So, there's so much, so much chasing going on. <laughs> and I, I, I don't know, like it, it, the way Bay frames it in every single piece makes it exciting. And never, I'm never bored. That's the thing. I'm, I'm never bored in this movie. So sure, there are some lulls. I know there's there, there's some lulls, but I just can't help but take my eyes away from it. And when those, they're supposed to be very stupid moments. Okay. But I can't help but love them when they're, when at the end of the movie, towards the end, right before they go to Cuba, when uh, Gabriel union is kidnapped, when the, when Lawrence and Smith are in the room together and it's, it's Smith, right? He goes, you know, we, we, we ride together. We die together. Bad boys for life. It's supposed to be a very stupid line, but I buy it. I do because it's directed so well, and Smith sells that line, and I believe it. So yeah, um, I love this movie, even though I know again, it's truly terrible in its core. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's Bad Boys too. God damn. Dan Marino better buy this car. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I want to shout out Michael Michael Shannon. Has, has a, has a oh pretty cool God. role in this. Yeah, second movie it, in a yeah. row with Michael Shannon. Yeah, Chicago, exactly. Chicago yeah. guy. There you go. There you go. Yeah. And I'm glad he pops up and is tortured as being a, a clans guy, a clans member. So, yeah, that's Bad Boys 2. Oh, man. I don't know about you guys, but what, what what's the next movie, by the way? Oh, I can't wait for the next movie. I'm looking forward to it so much. It's The Island, right? Yeah, oh, have you hadn't seen, seen this, this? right? I, I'm the one who has not seen okay. the island. Okay, yeah. Oh, I'm very interested then. H- have yes. you seen it, Diego? I have, yeah. Okay. It's one of the first ones I saw. All right. Yeah. So this is my only Michael Bay blind spot, so I'm very excited to see it for the first time. Uh, oh, I should mention that the this Bad Boys 2, uh, I, uh, I think I mentioned it in the last episode. I was wondering if it had a commentary. It did not have a commentary by Michael Bay disappointed in that but i know the island has a commentary oh it does so all right yeah apparently it does so i will listen to that commentary well watch the movie first and listen to the commentary so i'm excited to see what he says about that i'm excited to see the movie so yeah it's the next episode but before we go as we always do plugs right just plug it up uh diego where can the listeners find you online you could find me at twitter.com slash the Diego Crespo. Uh, check out the Waffle Press, my other podcasts where we, I got uh, other retrospectives going on. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure Batman will be done by the time <laughs> this comes out. Because uh, this move, uh, what, Six Underground, right? That, that's not yeah, going to come out for a little while. So. Uh, <laughs> but, but check out check out the other stuff will have happened at the podcast and send. So SoundCloud, YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, etc. Go Go support other podcasts too. As, as long yes. as uh, uh, you're nice, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> as long as they're nice. Yeah. <laughs> don't, if you're don't nice. Be the bad boys, too, of people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Mike, what about you? Uh, well, you can find me on my website, filmdamagepod.com. Um, and you can also find me uh, most, well, you can find me on the nerdparty.com doing a show called Retro Perspective. And you can also most likely by now uh, find me on trek.fm doing a show called Tracks on the Line, where we provide audio commentaries for Captain Picard episodes leading up to the new Picard show. And uh, you can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Mumbles3K. There you go. As for me, Talk Film Society, go read it, go listen to it. Uh, Patreon, you might be listening to this on the Patreon. Good job. Um, for those not listening to it on the Patreon, I mean, you listen to it, but you could have listened to it a lot earlier because we drop these episodes early on the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Talk Film Society. Cool stuff there. You know what? This, this would be kind of a post-credits thing because I forgot to bring this up. Diego, uh, I want to hear about Bad Boys 3. Okay. Real quick, what's the deal with that? Uh, because it's, it was on and off for years. What's happening? Okay, so initially, um, I think the plan was to get Michael Bay back. And I, I think Michael Bay is just done doing sequels for a while. And then he did two more Transformers movies. So I don't know if he up that. Um, but I believe he's back in a producer capacity at least. Uh, and Joe Carnahan, the director, writer of The Grey, A-Team, um, stretch the the severely underviewed, underappreciated stretch, which got buried by Universal, even though it's like maybe his best movie. Uh, I highly recommend people check it out. For those that are listening, stretches is fantastic. It's the best description I ever had of it was uh, if you've seen Holy Motors, it's like if Holy Motors got punched in the face by Bad Boys Two. Um, but he he was on bad boys three for maybe two years just doing pre-production alone there's like millions of dollars were spent on previs of the action scenes like previs was was done before they even started shooting and they uh they there are there are still like reels in the confines of sony's um like production studios and everything so and there's a completed script ready to shoot and everything and they just couldn't lock down um the, the lead actors for for time uh you know will smith does his thing so it, it, it was it was an amicable 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 excuse me breakup i believe and uh joe carnahan has since had nothing but nice things to say about will smith and they just i think he had fallen out of love with it given the long wait that it took to get that thing made but apparently the script is like the best thing he's ever written and so if anyone listening to this has anything uh, like any leads on that if they want to drop <laughs> that into my inbox that would also be very cool um and they got these two actors or two two directors up and comers i i don't know much about them but they're only like in their early 30s and they're apparently quality action filmmakers and uh i'm really looking forward to what they bring to bad boys 3 but uh it is a little concerning just not having michael bay back in the seat so we'll we'll see how that goes i'm very much looking forward to it um I still want to read that script, though. <laughs> yeah. If anybody has it, just drop drop the line. Uh, give it to Diego. Uh, but yeah, Bad Boys for Life, January 17th, 2020. Who knows? This podcast will probably will, might drop in 2022, because we don't know when Six Undergrad's coming out. <laughs> we're still, we, say we still have no freaking idea. But as we wait for Six Underground... I mean, at this point, you, you maybe you've already seen it and we've already talked about it. But 
in the present time, we're going to say goodbye with our signature catchphrase. Right? Here we go, guys. Already. Three, two, one. You, you forgot, forgot your, your boarding, boarding pass. pass. I think we yeah, I remember the line. I, th- I think so, too. Yeah. yeah. Group effort.